Hello, I'm Heather Sutty and welcome to Finances Made Friendly, the podcast created by Glasgow Credit Union. In today's episode, we are joined by Andrew Gall from the Building Societies Association. We'll be discussing how you can set yourself up for saving success, the importance of saving, how to build an emergency fund, budgeting, savings goals and some top tips you can implement today. We'll also cover some of the most common questions people have when it comes to saving and how you can kickstart your savings journey. Plus, there's more in Fuss Free Finances with Fergus Muirhead and Mrs. Brown's Boys actor and entrepreneur Gary Hollywood tells us the best investment he ever made and it involves making memories. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Excellent. Now tell me about what you do and what is the Building Societies Association, please? Yeah, I'm Andrew Gall. I'm the head of savings um, at the Building Societies Association. So look at all the kind of savings policy for our organisation, which is the representative body for all the building societies in the UK and um, seven of the largest credit unions, including um, Glasgow Credit Union. Yay! Tell us, why is saving so important, Andrew? And I think it's something that everybody kind of knows is important and they have that sense that it's all about um, two aspects, really. One, the security that it gives you um, as you look ahead into the future and face uncertainty, and it just gives you that sense of well-being and peace of mind, reduces your anxiety, but also a lot more positively, it helps you achieve your goals and your dreams. So it opens up doors of opportunity and um, helps you um, achieve the things that you want to achieve in your life. So um, it's not always the most fun, but it's, it's, it's very important. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's funny because um, some people say, you know, oh, I'm saving up for a rainy day. But I always say I'm saving up for a sunny day so that I can have something to look forward to with my with my savings. Now, tell us about the function of the Building Societies Association. We're here to um, work together with building societies and uh, credit union members to um, help to um, make help them to help their members who are um, people across the country who are looking to save and borrow. And one major part of work that we've been doing is to um, try and engage people in saving and get them to start saving and look at saving, which, as you mentioned in your introduction, is, is quite difficult at the current time with the cost of living pressures. But we still think that um, for those who are able to save, it's a really important message to get across. And, and so we launched um, a campaign last year, UK Savings Week, to try and encourage people to do that. So in terms of um, the amount of people who are unable to save, so I have a figure from the Building Societies Association which says that there are around 11.5 million people in the UK who have less than £100 worth of savings to fall back on in an emergency. That's a lot of people, isn't it? It's a huge amount of people, and obviously that covers people who are in many different situations. And and that's a really important message is that everybody is different. And as we know, with the cost of living pressures, there will be some people who really can't save. Um, But also we know that from all the research that you have some people on on lower incomes who are really good at getting into the savings habit. And you also have people on higher incomes who, who aren't very good at saving. And um, so there's a lot of people who 
could save, but for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. And they mean to, but just going to get around to it. And then there's other people who are in other situations, there's debts or, or things going on in their life. So things, things don't, don't always happen how they planned. So everybody's different. And it's all about finding a way to start to save that works for you. Now, to put it into context, 11.5 million people, that's kind of like twice the population of Scotland. That's a huge amount. Yeah, it's, it's a really large number. And it's it's up to people to look at their situations and, and try and take a step back and look at their finances and, and try and start to save a little bit. And often, if they can do, to really build that saving habit and a lot of it is 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 stopping and taking that step back and thinking about your finances and and what you could change and what you, was in your power to change and the steps that you could take to start to build that emergency buffer. When we talk about an emergency buffer, why do you think, aside from the cost of living, what are the main reasons that people struggle to save? Um. As you say, cost of living is, is one pressure, but also it's, it's following through on people's good intentions. A lot of times people want to save, but then they'll get a temptation to, uh, they'll see a new top or something and, and buy that. And it's finding ways that you can commit to saving and, and really um, make sure that you follow through on your good intentions and, and it's all about building that habit because otherwise it's, it's, it's all too easy. We all know that it's easy to go out and spend money in, and in many ways you get that immediate hit and, it, and, it, and, it, and that kind of sense of fun and, uh, from the spending. But it's, it's the longer-term reward of the security of, of saving and, and the possibility that you start to really save a sum that means you can do new things in your life and, and take new opportunities. Wouldn't it be great if we all got a dopamine hit every time we, you know, deposited £10 in our savings <laughs> rather than, you know, when you're shopping online? Um, now, you mentioned earlier about UK Savings Week. What is that and what is the purpose of UK Savings Week? UK Savings Week is a, a national campaign that we run in, in September to try and really get the conversation going about saving and to get people engaged in saving. Um there's a lot of people who currently aren't saving and there's also a lot of people who have savings, but they could be um, working harder for them. And it's whatever situation people are in, it's to get them to, uh, to think about their savings and think about how, uh, engaging with how they could um, increase their saving or, or save a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's all trying to work around how, how it can, people in their own circumstances can do uh, more to save in a way that works for them to really build those savings habits. And, um, and it's a way of getting all the partners who support building a savings culture across the UK together to, um, to support that campaign. Don't you think it's weird that as a culture, we talk about everything, whether it's food, holidays, sleeping habits, you know, office politics, blah, blah, blah. But we never really talk about money, how much we earn or how we spend our money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost a bit of a taboo subject and people will talk about a lot more personal things, but for some reason won't talk about um, money and savings, even with kind of close friends and family. And, and that's part of um, it is to talk about money and talk about saving with people that you trust and, and that can really help you to 
to kind of take that external look almost at your finances and, and, and help you to kind of socialise what you're aiming to do with your savings and, um, and really get that peer support to help you to, to get into a good savings habit. When we talk about um, saving, that could be geared towards an emergency fund, which we'll talk about in just a sec. But tell me why it's important to save for our futures as well as the here and now. It's important to save for your futures just because you never know when those uh, opportunities are going to come up. A friend could uh, say, come on a holiday for a lifetime. You could decide you need a career change and want to invest in, in new skills and a new course to, to open up a new career path for you. So it's it just gives you options and gives you that um, peace of mind. So then you don't necessarily have to go into debt to take advantage of these opportunities. And you can save towards um, kind of life events as well, that weddings and new cars and um, moving house. In the long term, those goals can really help to, um, to provide kind of, um, life events that you really want to achieve in your life. So it's, it helps you achieve those dreams that, that most people have. Sometimes as well, it's the little things that you least expect that cause cost the greatest expense. You know, whether it's your, you know, tire in your car has to be replaced or if you're going for a job interview and you need a new suit or new shoes. So um, I like that, that it's, it's about a rainy day and a sunny day, but it's also about being prepared, isn't it? And being financially resilient. Um, let's move on to an emergency fund. Now, what are some of the ways you can set up an emergency fund as quickly as possible? Well, the first thing to do is to kind of take that step back and look at your options and look at your, your savings and your incomings and outgoings. We'll come on to budgeting a bit. Um, but really, it's all about starting to save small and save regularly because by getting into that sort of habit, it becomes easier and effective. And if you try and do a, a, a huge cutting back in your, in your spending, it's not likely to last small and regular is, is, is the best way. And one of the good ways of doing that is um, setting up a standing order. So um, after, immediately after you get paid, the money is transferred uh, from your bank account into a savings account. And that's done automatically once you've set that up. And, and that can really take away the, the hassle of, of making the save in yourself and doing the transfer. And also takes away the, the chance that you'll forget to do it or you'll get tempted to spend it on a night out or whatever. And so it's, it, it, it makes it a lot easier and takes away any of the chances that you'll um, not actually follow through and, and, and start that saving. And the great thing about Glasgow Credit Union is that um, you can sign up to be one of our employer partners, which basically means you can set up payroll deductions via your employer, or if not, you can set this up yourself via online banking to send to your savings account. In terms of raising cash for an emergency fund, Andrew, how would you do that? Like, What, what tips could you give people to set up an emergency fund quickly? And one way you can do it is to look at your um, spending and see if there's ways that you could um, lower your spending by looking at buying things secondhand on uh, Vinted and eBay and so on. You can also see if you've got uh, things around the house that might be worth something to someone else and see if you can sell them on those things. 
loads of people look at the uh, vouchers that are available and, and cashback that you can get. And, and clearly with the, the pressures from cost of living, that those kind of ideas have become even more important for, for many people. And, and another thing to do is just check as well that you're getting all the benefits that you're entitled to and there's um, websites that can, can help with that. So that there's, there's ways that you can look at uh, making more from what you've got um, and that's a good way to kind of free up some money um, to, to start to build a savings pot. And tell me, um, sites like Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace, they're really good to sell um, your items secondhand, aren't they? For some extra pocket money. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're great ways. And um, yeah, just ways to um, to exchange um, and yeah, make the most of what you've got. Exactly. Super. So we've covered, you know, why people should have an emergency fund and how to raise cash for your emergency fund. Um, if someone is looking to start their savings journey, where should they begin? Um, the first step is to kind of stop and look at your finances, see where the your incomings and your outgoings are going, and and the amount that you're able to save on a sustainable basis, because um, that's one of the main ways that you'll be able to keep the savings habit going. It has to be something that can, you can make work over over the long term to, to build a sustainable savings habit, and uh, and so. It's really about that budgeting. So is there an approximate percentage of your take-home pay that you should automatically be saving, do you think? The rule of thumb that most often is given is uh, three months' worth of your um, expenses. So if you, say, spend £1,000 on your um, rent and, and shopping and, um, and all the necessary expenditure that you have, then you aim for an emergency pot of £3,000. And that gives you enough to cover you if you lost your job um, for a few months. But also, it doesn't have to be for that, clearly. If you get an unexpected expense, like your boiler breaks or something, you can use that pot and then seek to replenish it. But that that's the general rule of thumb, is three months of your um, living costs. Three months. Okay. Can I ask you a personal question? What has been the best investment you've made or what's been the thing that you've saved up that you've loved the most, that you've felt a great sense of accomplishment or something that you've really enjoyed? Um, I think that uh, saving towards um, buying our house was the biggest achievement that, that we've got um, as a, me and my family. So I, I think it is the biggest purchase for, for most people, clearly. And um, I, I worked really hard and had that as a goal and, and built up the, the deposit over many years. So it was, that's one of the goals. And, um, and yeah. Kind of it's given us the security and um, and kind of a home as well. And so it, it's mm -hmm. probably most people big achievement who do manage to save up to buy a house. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's that one for me as well. When you were wee, um, i.e. very young, did you have like a junior savings account? I used to have one with um, Bank of Scotland. It was called Super Squirrel. And the only reason I signed up was it, up for it was because we got a free squirrel toy. <laughs> Did you ever have a junior yeah. savings account? I had a junior savings account. I, I don't think I got a free um, 
that kind of squirrel or anything like that with it. I got the account, but I did have my own uh, yeah, money box and uh, as well, and saved into that, and then put the uh, put the the money then into the savings account. So yeah, I'm feeling I missed out on the on the squirrel. So the reason I was asking you about the um, the family savings because obviously one of the questions that I'm about to ask you is should parents set up junior savings accounts or junior cash ISAs for their children? You know, is that important? Um. Yes, that's really important. Um, I think we just uh, people need to find the the way that works for them. Um, but it's really important to, to kind of talk about savings and to help uh, the children start to save, whether it's in an account um, or, or which kind of account. Because with a junior ISA, um, the money kind of gets locked away for the longer term. So you've just got to think about which account is right. But in terms, of, but generally, kind of saving with children and and talking to them about and taking them to the, to the credit saving is, is really important because uh, it helps them to understand about financial institutions and understand about money and get these habits, uh, it, it, them exposed to these habits early on in their life and, and so sets them up for, for when they're older as well. So definitely important. Exactly how you do it is, is up to up to family. Great advice. Thank you, Andrew. And the good news is um, that Glasgow Credit Union have junior accounts, which they offer. They're a great way for parents to put money away for the kids. And the bonus is they don't get a super squirrel, but they do get a cute little piggy bank, which sounds lovely. Um, So thank you for that. Now, moving on to other big expenditure, obviously summer holidays is massive and Christmas. Um, Do you tend to save up for these things or... How do you, how do you manage your own finances? Uh, yeah, I try and save up for for holidays and things. Um, Christmas is I'm a bit more last minute, um, so should try and be better with that um, and get a bit more organised. But um, yeah, for these big expenditures, I do try and uh, build up a little pot just to kind of soften the blow. It might not cover everything, but it, it just makes it more manageable. Um, when they yeah. when the costs start to come in. And it's those little steps that have the biggest impact, isn't it? If you do something small over a, a longer period of time, it really does build up, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's and so often with all these savings tips and advice, it, there's there's all the psychology behind it, and it's it's saving that regularly, and you don't really miss the amount on a, on a kind of monthly basis. But as you say, it builds up, and you forget about it, and it's happening. Especially if you set it up automatically with a standing order or through a payroll saving, and then before you know it, you've built up a pot, and it, and then you can really do something um, impressive with that. Thank you so much, Andrew. Um, Before we finish up, um, I've got some quick fire questions for you, which have come from some of our listeners. So if you wouldn't mind answering these for me. Yeah, I'd be delighted to answer them. Okay, brilliant. First question is, hi, Andrew, what is the difference between a savings account and a bond? Not 007. (laughs) No, unfortunately not. There's lots of different... Uh, savings accounts and um, they have different uh, terms on them in terms of how much you can access them and, and how quickly you can get the money out of them. And a, and a, a bond is a, is a specific type of uh, savings account. So it's got a fixed rate for the 
period. So it'll be for, say, a two-year bond. So the rate will be fixed for that amount of time, the interest rate. And there's usually limits on the on how often you can access or how much you can access the money in that account. And so you might not be able to access it at all, or you might be able to a very limited amount. And if you are able to, you might lose some of the interest that you earn on the, on the money. So um, a bond is a, is a specific kind of type of savings account where you really can lock the money away for a longer period, but often the, the interest rate is higher because of the, the length of time that you're saving for. Can I please ask you a question off the back of that? Um, what's the difference then between a bond and an ISA? Um, an ISA is, is is the wrapper that goes around different savings accounts. So you can have a bond in an ISA, you can have an instant access savings account in an ISA as well. And the ISA means that you don't pay um, tax on the interest that you earn on whichever account is in that ISA wrapper. And you can save up to £20,000 um, at the moment um, into an ISA. And there's different types of ISA as well. Um, you can save in cash savings accounts, but you can also save other investments in ISAs as well. Super, thank you for that. The next question I have here is probably one we all think. Um, how can I speed up my savings? Are there any tips or tools I can use? Yeah, there are tips and tools. There's um, there's lots of save the apps that might um, come with um, from your bank. Then they can do things like round up your savings and the the, the pennies round up to the pound, and, and those could be uh, moved into a, a savings account. But also just the way you approach um, kind of setting goals and so on. So it's really important when saving to, to give yourself a goal to, that's really specific to aim for. Um, but what you can do is kind of stretch that goal. So if, say, you were saving um, £2,000 for a holiday to Ibiza um, by next summer, um, then you might say, well, I'll try and save it before then. Um, but, you know, give yourself a few months less to save it or save um, another kind of £200 extra on top of that a month to try and um, get some more spending money or something. So you can stretch those goals and, um, as you say, kind of look at other ways of, of um, cutting back your spending to, to, to help you to save more. Um, and, and also, if you have got savings, looking at if they're working as hard as they can for you. So sitting if they're sitting in an account that's not earning much interest do you could you move them to somewhere where, where they could be earning more interest for you and, and that's another way to achieve your your long-term savings goals a bit quicker where is the best place to shop around for information on loans for example would you say um and you can look online. There's lots of uh, price comparison sites that are available, and and there you put in your what you're looking for, and um, they'll be able to give you a listing of the different accounts, um, and you'll be able to sort those by the return that you're getting on the savings. Uh, just one thing to look out for is that um, the provider is covered by the financial services compensation scheme, because that's something that protects your money in case that provider. Um, uh, gets bankrupt. So just, that's just something to look out for, just to make sure that um, some of these, uh, when you're looking at savings accounts um, and, and the returns that are available. 
Brilliant. Thank you, Andrew. The last question is about accountability when saving and budgeting. And the question is, I'm good at saving, but when I see something I like, then end up buying it and taking money out my savings. How can I keep myself accountable, but still enjoy buying nice things too? Now, I actually have a theory of an answer for that question, but I'm not going to share it because I don't think it's fair to share. (laughs) I'll just tell you then. So what well, okay, well, what I do if I don't want to spend any money is I will go online to, let's say, eBay, for example, and I'll put things in my basket. I'll leave them in my basket. I'll then go away for an hour. I'll forget about it. And then, so I've had the hit of going, oh, that's nice. But then I don't actually follow through with the spend. So that's that means I don't spend any money, but I get the hit of going, oh, I quite like that. That's, that's actually a, a, a good tactic, I would say, because... I think what you've got to do is is recognise that you will get tempted to spend money and it's coming up with techniques and ways of approaching it where you kind of manage that temptation because if you don't allow yourself some rewards along the way um, and you're too hard on yourself, you're you're just going to um, not keep up the habit. So it's it's recognising you will be tempted, allowing yourself those treats but in a way that is managed and you, you're aware that you're, this is the time when you're saying, okay, I will get this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a reward for, for being a good saver. And, and one other thing that's very similar to what you've just said about how you put things in the basket and then come back to them later is, is sometimes referred to as an if then conversation with yourself. And so it's, if I am out and I see um, a top that I want to buy and you're going to buy it, just to stop yourself and think, if I see that top, then I will just think back to my wardrobe at home and think of three tops I've got like it. And, and then it's just a way to stop yourself and think, do I really need it? And it's similar to putting it in the basket and online, in an online uh, shopping. So it's a it's really similar mm-hmm. approach. But it's a way to check yourself and just check. It's not saying you won't buy anything ever, but just to make sure that, you're keeping on your savings goals and um, you, you're allowing yourself those rewards when it's when it's really um, in a way that you're going to really appreciate them. It's so easy to spend mindlessly though, isn't it? Even you know, if you go onto Facebook or Instagram and you scroll, it's so easy now. It's like one click and then that's you purchase something. Yeah, and that's exactly the word you use there, mindlessly, is, is exactly right. And that's what this savings habits are all about is trying to raise savings in that kind of consciousness so then it um, becomes relevant when you're looking at these tempting offers to your your savings goal is there in the back of your mind as well so it's um, as I said before it's, it's all about psychology and it's being mindful about what you're spending your money on and, and how you're saving it and um, aiming for those savings goals that you set yourself. I am determined to retrain my brain so that I get a dopamine hit every time I deposit £10 in my savings. That's what I'm taking away from today. Thank you so much, Andrew. That was absolutely brilliant. We loved having you on. Um, you mentioned UK Savings Week. For anyone who's interested in finding out more about that, where can we signpost them to? Um, UKSavingsWeek.co.uk and it's happening on the 18th to 24th of September and we'll be um, putting out lots more information um, in the run up to that Um, but yeah, look forward to getting everyone engaged in uh, saving 
Andrew Gall from Building Societies Association. Thank you so much. Fergus, what's on your mind today? Hello, and welcome to another edition of Fuss Free Finances with me, Fergus Muirhead. As always, I'm asking, how well do you understand financial jargon? As according to recent research, almost half of us have had money issues due to misunderstanding commonly reused terms. Today's term is balanced transfer. This term refers to the process of moving credit card debt from one credit card onto another. This commonly happens when customers switch to a new card, as the new credit card company normally offers a lower rate of interest to transfer the existing debt. Most start at low or even 0% interest, but increase after an introductory offer has expired. So how is a balance transfer useful? Well, a single balance to manage and one payment to make each month could make life much easier. And you could reduce your overall borrowing costs by transferring higher interest balances to a credit card that offers lower interest rates. There are a few things to consider, as always, before you do a balance transfer. First of all, remember to check all fees and interest rates, just to make sure that a balance transfer is the right option for you. Make sure that you continue to make any required payments to your existing provider, just until your transfer shows as complete on both accounts. And be realistic about how long it will take you to repay your balance. After any introductory or promotional interest rates expire, it's important to know that your standard interest rates are likely to be higher. You could lose any promotional interest rates if you break the terms and conditions of your credit card account, for example by missing a payment or going over your credit limit, so make sure that you keep your account in good order. And promotional interest rates won't apply to all transactions, so make sure you understand how using a balanced transfer credit card for other things could affect the cost of borrowing and the time to repay. Make sure you've got a diary system in place so that you know when your initial rate is ending and you can start to look for a replacement. Don't rely on the provider writing to you to tell you this. Back to you, Heather. Gary Hollywood, over to you. Hi, it's Gary Hollywood here. My best investment was only last year. We decided to book a holiday to Aaron. Uh, We had never been before. And we decided to take mum and dad because they had never been before either. And so off we went and what a fantastic time we had. We stayed in a beautiful hotel and we took our son Ollie, who was only two at the time. And uh, we had great memories, great fun, uh, cocktails on the beach and uh, Ollie swimming in the hotel pool along with mum and dad. And I say that that's my best investment because in January of this year, we suddenly lost my dad. So looking back to all the memories that we made with mum and dad uh, and watching dad play with uh, Ollie, his grandson. And uh, yes, so I would say that that at the moment has been my best investment and all the memories that goes with it. Follow and subscribe to the Finances Made Friendly podcast today to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining me, Heather Sutty, on this week's episode. Please note that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and shouldn't be construed as financial advice.